On this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast, we are getting an update on KCPD's work in the Northeast community with East Patrol Major Doug Niemeyer. Major Niemeyer discusses recent cleanups, overall crime in the Northeast, discussions about Cliff Drive, and the Crime Stoppers Tips Hotline. This week's episode of the Northeast Newscast is sponsored by By the Law Painting and Rehab. Family owned for over 35 years in Kansas City, they specialize in residential and commercial rehab projects, including exterior and interior painting, drywall, kitchens, bathrooms, windows, granite, Victorian restorations, and much more. If you need it done, they get it done. Call Damian Law at 816-874-5804 for a free estimate or check out bythelawrehab.com. That's 816-874-5804 or online at bythelawrehab.com. We are here today with East Patrol Major Doug Niemeyer. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Absolutely. We're going to get a little bit of updates, crime in the Northeast, different things that you've got going on. Um, so kind of give us an update of what you have going on right now in East Patrol. I know that you previously were the City Hall liaison. So tell us a little bit about some updates that you have for East Patrol. And actually was asking, when am I going to get to come back to talk to everybody in Northeast? Because after uh, the last podcast we had, I actually got a lot of text messages that said I heard they people had heard about it. So oh, good. Perfect. I think this is a good way to get the message out for those who don't hear on the street, doesn't hear in other forms of social media what we got going on. But we have a lot going on, especially for Northeast. I think I expressed the last time I was here how important Northeast is to me and the reasons why. But I'll kind of go in reverse order, but just like today where I have officers from our impact squad, officers from our division office are out with the Likens neighborhood group. They had uh, nine houses they went to this morning that they uh, cleared, which means we go in make sure no one's in them or if there are people in them, why are they there and they're not supposed to be in order for Likens neighborhood group to be able to either board those houses up or transition those houses out and owners that of those or rentors or whatever it may be. So we provided that this morning. Another example is if hopefully people have noticed out at Winter and 435, I-70 Sterling, 23rd, 435, I-70 and Van Brunt. A couple days ago, we had officers go with MoDOT to completely clean up those areas. Uh, MoDOT was willing to uh, assist us with the folks that have been placing their trash and other items out there. And so you either have to move on or you're going to have to go with the police. So that was a uh, positive. We have to do that every once in a while. It's like everything else I say. If you don't stay on top of it and you don't maintain it, then it'll come right back. Um, That goes with crime. That goes with trash. That goes with a lot of quality of life issue things that we have to stay on top of. So that was a big positive. That's a couple of big positives from this week. Another thing that has happened since I've been here, there was a fairly big meeting with the city, Northeast leaders, myself, the chief of police about Cliff Drive and what we can do about Cliff Drive. I think Cliff Drive over the years has been a lot of different things have happened up there with the gates and do we open it? Do we close it? it, Should it only be pedestrian? Should we allow cars on it? Should it be a bike area? You know, the head of the parks department was in the meeting as well. Uh, There were a lot of really good ideas in my opinion. It's a matter of a few things of resources. It's a matter of money for the parks department in the city and also what the community wants. So I really was encouraged by the talk. 
that happen about Cliff Drive. I think that's an important part of Northeast. There's a lot of entrances there, so there's a lot of ideas. That's more to come on that, but that was a really good meeting. One of the things that you were, when we were talking prior to getting underway, that I thought was kind of interesting in a community engagement piece, as far as the police department is concerned, you started talking about side streets and driving around on side streets just to kind of get maybe more engaged and more involved with the community. Walk us through that process and what, how you roll that out. I know it's not maybe an official program, but why do you do that? I start my day, every day I start my day out on a side street northeast. The first hour, a lot of people didn't, when I first started doing it, when I first got to East Zone, it's been a few months now, I would drive down the street and wave at people and people would just look at me. And I didn't realize I, I have an unmarked police car. So it's a police car, but it's and it's blue, but it doesn't have any markings on it or lights on the top. So I was like, why is everyone looking at me like this? Well, I, what I didn't realize is some days there's a reflection. You can't really tell who's in there. You just see somebody that's, I had to roll my windows down and stop and say hi. Now I've done it so long, there are people that will see me come by and they'll be waving at me before I get there. And I think it's just a personal touch. We are humans. I said this when I got here, the most important thing for me whenever I retire from this thing is I'm known as a good dad to Allison and Brooke. That's the most important thing. Whenever I say that, you know, to these folks that are standing at the bus stop, the most important thing to them is standing right next to them. Well, as a policeman, when you drive by and you wave and you say hi, it's a positive interaction or a positive touch to someone. You know, when I first started doing that, it was just a, it was just a way for someone to see the police in a different light. They just drove by and waved. Because when I first went to community meetings, one of the big things they said is, you know, it'd be nice if we could just all wave at each other. And I'm like, yeah, it would be. Why, why don't we? So when I started having my crime meetings, we have one each week at East Patrol. I talked to the, and this is 10 sector of East Patrol, and I, and I talked to all of the sergeants there, and I said, unless your officers are on a call, which would be lights and sirens, I don't really want to see a car just traveling up and down St. John or Independence Avenue or 9th Street or Hardesty or Van Brunt. I mean, they're going to travel those because of those are main routes just like everyone else would. I said, I expect to see cars on Anderson, Smart, morale all these side streets because i speak it all the time someone's safety is how they feel it's the perception of how they feel i could bring you whatever numbers you want as far as crime stats go that doesn't tell the story it's how you you perceive it with your own two eyes and it's how you feel about it now i will tell you crime is down in northeast it's down there are still things that are happening but it's down overall but unless you feel that or you can see it with your own two eyes, it's not. So that's why it's important if you see a police officer driving down your street. Well, we saw Officer Coots. We saw Officer Walker. We saw Officer Saw, whoever it may be. I, oh, man, I saw Officer Hughley this morning or, or Captain Hughley this morning as well. He was on, on Indiana. Okay, it's nice whenever somebody also can put a name with a face. And it's much more important because then it becomes your neighborhood police officer. That's my officer. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, once a year, Officer Friendly came to school. One time a year he would come. I don't remember who Officer Friendly was because he only come once a year. But you always knew he was coming. You know, now we have school resource officers right over here at Northeast High School, and they know every kid every kid in that high school. I stop in there. I see them when I'm out in the morning times. I'll drive by. They'll be out front. I wave at them. They wave at me. They know I'm out. In the, and I always tell them, I'm not checking on you guys. I'm just, I'm just in the neighborhood because I'm waving too. So I think it's, it seems very simple. But tell me how many folks just drive down the street and wave at somebody else and just be nice. Well, I don't know who that is. Well, they could be your neighbor. That's the idea is, is just very simple. You got to listen to what people are saying. And then when it starts to happen, they never talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Right before I left to come up here, I was 
Trina, our social worker, unbeknownst to her, made a very good comment to me when she said, she goes, man, we're right. She goes, when I'm riding around, people are waving at us. And I thought in the back of my mind, thank goodness it's happening. It's changing. And she didn't even know what she was telling me. So it's work. I, I think it's working. I don't know. You tell me. So you mentioned crime being down in the Northeast community. So I want to talk a little bit more about that because I know that you, before we started recording, you were talking about stats and how that doesn't accurately reflect what's actually happening in the community. So talk to us a little bit about what you've seen crime-wise in the Northeast and what crime does look like, maybe like on a weekly basis and how you're gauging the, if it's up or down or what that looks like. Sure. To make the statement about stats, stats, we have to have stats because that's an overall measurement. But in a short amount of time, when you're trying to measure stats by the week or you're trying to measure stats by a month, they're not really directly what's going on in that neighborhood. Because the examples that I had is someone reported a rape that occurred, but it occurred 39 years ago. So if you went to the local blotter and said, hey, what was it? Well, we had a rape last week. Well, we didn't have a rape last week. We took that report, so that's on those stats. Now, do we have, we know when we're having an aggravated assault or when we had a shooting or a robbery or a burglary. Yes, so those things can be. But there's other things, you know, another example I had is someone reported what would be, we would take as an aggravated assault if they were injured, but it happened two weeks earlier and we didn't have an exact location. So that gets where we take the report. So those are the kinds of things. And I'm, I'm not opposed to talking about stats overall, you know, this year, but I've only been here a few months. So I'm not real quick to say, hey, this is, we're up 10%. We're down 12%. It's not a fair and accurate of what's really going on. I think, I'll I'll say it again, perception. Do people feel safe? Does it look different in my neighborhood? You know, right here on St. John, we had an issue. It was brought to my attention. It was brought to the officer's attention. I already was told today, it looks different. It's changing. Good. That's what we're supposed to do when it comes to crime. We're supposed to change what that crime is, make it stop, make make it not happen. Do we arrest somebody? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe They say, hey, I'm not doing this anymore because the police are paying attention to us. But what it does do is for that neighborhood, they're like, things are changing. I don't see what I used to see. So the perception is, is that's not there because it's not. So, you know, there's a couple incidents that's happened. You know, I know Northeast News reported on it with the shooting that happened involving the police officers up at Robertson, Indiana. That was somebody that was not from the Northeast neighborhood. That was not a Northeast neighborhood incident. It was only because an incident happened there. That was not a person that is actually from Northeast. That's just where that incident occurred because that's where that person stopped. You know, we we are in the business on the police department of, of really trying not to pursue vehicles unless it's absolutely necessary. So a lot of times we follow people for a long ways and when they finally stop, then we try to take action so that we're not involved in a pursuit. That's the case for, for that. Sometimes you watch the evening news and you hear, oh, there was a shooting in Northeast. That, yes, there was. That had nothing to do with the Northeast resident or anything else. Let's take a quick break and talk about this week's sponsor, By the Law Painting and Rehab. Family owned for over 35 years in Kansas City. They specialize in residential and commercial rehab projects, including exterior and interior painting, drywall, kitchens, bathrooms, windows, granite, Victorian restorations, and much more. If you need it done, they get it done. Call Damian Law at 816-874-5804 for a free estimate or check out ByTheLawRehab.com. That's 816-874-5804 or online at ByTheLawRehab.com. 
Yeah, I think it's important to know. I honestly didn't know that if you did get a report, uh, like you said, from a rape from multiple years ago, that it affects your current crime stat. So I think that's important to, for residents to know, too, that, you know, these things could have happened a while ago or, like you said, don't involve people directly in the community. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and, and we don't have a lot, just so people know, we don't have a lot of that. It's difficult for me whenever you were talking about a short amount of time for me to measure statistics. Those could affect it greatly a couple of two or three incidents could affect your numbers greatly if i had three burglaries this week but next week i have six it looks like it went up a hundred percent when in reality two of them could have occurred whenever so it didn't go up at all but a week to week basis you really have to analyze what's going on so in a situation like we're seated today and we're talking to a a large group of people if i say we're up 12 percent, oh my gosh we're up 12 percent. well i can tell you that we're up really 3% because this one, this one, and this one is, this is the reason it happened. Like I said, I'm not, as we continue to talk, I can tell you over maybe a six month period, we could say, Hey, these are the impacts that we've made and we can show you what we've made. But in a two month period, that's really not a, would not be a fair and accurate depictment of, of what's going right. on. Right, And numbers can honestly only show you so much. Correct. It goes back to how do people feel? And I truly get the vibe. <laughs> I visit a lot of businesses, just like when I leave here. I get my dry cleaning done right here on the avenue. That's where I'm going when I leave. As I told you on the way here, I stopped at Humdinger's over 9th and and Prospect. You know, I I try to frequent the businesses as well during the week, along with a lot of other things. But when the business owners tell me, how many more officers have you gotten at Eastone? I want to say, actually, I've lost some to retirement. Their perception is there's more policemen out here. Why is that? I don't know. They see more of them. I think it's. I think a large part of that is just basically a visibility thing. And if you got if you got officers out there waving, saying hi, and engaging engaging people, maybe that's. Yeah, so he just drove by, or oh, he's over there. I mean, that may be I, just from an engagement standpoint. I like to get that feedback when I walk in and I hear there were police all over the avenue today. There were. You know, I would I will say this, and I I need to re-engage myself with them, but. For a while, the mountain patrol was up here a lot. And that visibility right there is hard not to see. And I think that makes a difference. Our traffic, people need to slow down on Independence Avenue. Our traffic crews are out there writing tickets in the school zones on Independence Avenue. I requested that because I'm out here every day and I see all the kids that walk down the avenue to go to school. And people fly down the avenue and with the construction that's going on, it's dangerous. You should have seen, or you probably do see some motorcycle officers. You're going to see traffic cars. Well, it's high visibility also. They might be there to slow people down to get these kids to school safe. But what uh, what that also does is there's police officers in the neighborhood. They can, yes, they can do other things, but visibility is a big part of it. You had talked a little bit prior to us getting rolling here about the social workers that are now in the area middle schools. And that was a program that was organized through the Maddie Road Center. And those social workers weren't there before can you talk a little bit about about that program and how that rolled out and what's going on with that yeah one of the first places that i met with or or visited with or they reached out to me when it became the major was the Maddie road center and and david and and scott i talked to both of them i knew scott from city hall why he was a council person there and i got to meet david and, and we meet on a regular basis now and you know they were they were like we have a lot of resources the and one of the discussions was is we we really need to be in middle schools the police department doesn't have the resources to put 
officers in every school. You know, we have officers in Northeast High School. We have officers at Central. And the discussion came up about middle schools. And I think that's a very influential time in kids' lives. There are off-duty officers. I, I hear them on the radio that do work at Northeast Middle. But that was where... You know, we had the discussion back and forth with Maddie Rose. That would be a really good place to get a social worker into. Trina, the social worker that assigned to East Patrol Division, her job is to do referrals that come from officers. You know, this didn't happen in Northeast, but we had a situation probably two weeks ago, maybe. It's a couple weeks ago. She called me. She's been a social worker for 20-some years, and she goes, this is the worst case I've ever seen. And she was texting me, and she was really upset. I mean, I could tell through text that she's upset. That referral came from a dog watch officer that said, a police officer doesn't have the capacity to handle what I'm seeing. However, these people need help. So that referral went to Trina, who in turn went, turned around. And we, we did eventually have to step in on a few things as, as officers. But if we didn't have a social worker, where, where would that officer that works at 2 a.m. turn? Because that's not going to get done. They went and got medical treatment for the kids. Nothing that the officer did wrong over dog watch. But Trina's like, we need to do X, Y, and Z. And that's what we did. So Trina's job is to take those referrals from officers and handle those situations. Whereas as the school, we're willing to go out and meet with someone and go, here's who you need to contact. That's what we did at East High School. Trina and I went out to East High School and said, hey, well, let me hook you up with Maddie Road Center. Perfect. Keep Trina on track with the with the police department. But that's how that got rolling was a meeting uh, early on. And we said, well, you could, if you want to help us, you could really help us with the, high, with the middle school. And they have. I think we pretty much hit all of our talking points. Is there anything that you feel like you wanted to add about the Cliff Drive meeting? Because I think that a lot of people are talking about it. Or did everything that you say before is pretty much the update that you had? Yeah, I just think, you know, there's more to come. There's more to come about Cliff Drive. There's a lot of it's a lot of different ways to go with Cliff Drive. Eventually a decision will be made and you're never going to make everyone happy. But we need to do what's best for the majority. Um, and that won't be a police department decision. That's not a police department decision. But as a city's decision and a community decision, hopefully uh, we can get it back. to It's something people use every, as I discussed, I'd like to see people, there be an event on Cliff Drive every weekend, a bicycle event, a, a, a 5K run, a, you know, a place where every weekend you knew that there was going to be events. Because it's a great place. You just have to, you have to invest. I think the first time I was here, I talked a lot about investment. And when you invest in a place, and I'm not talking about you don't have to have skyscrapers and massive businesses moving into neighborhoods, invest in Cliff Drive as, hey, we have the this bicycle ride race or we have this 5K run because of this. And you have those every weekend. Then you have lots of people coming out. You have, I mean, I'm these are just Doug Niemeyer talking on his head is you got the food trucks, you got the event staff, you got participants you got people then you have community then you have all this stuff happening and people coming to it i know the um, tweed ride and the cliffhanger is coming up november 2nd so that's something that you know people can participate in as well i do want to before we uh sign off here i want to remind people of the twenty-five thousand dollar tips hotline reward because that recently was increased from 10000 to 25000 um, So I want to talk a little bit about um, just reminding people that if they know anything to come forward and, you know, this is 100% anonymous. Um, for those who did not hear, we did a podcast a couple weeks ago with Kevin Bame with Crime Stoppers, who talks extensively about the Crime Stoppers program and how it is anonymous. So he goes step by step from the moment the tip comes in 
to the moment the $25,000 is in that person's hand, what that looks, that whole process looks like and how it is anonymous throughout the whole, the whole time. So um, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And the reason that, the reason that came up is we, we've had one homicide here in Northeast that happened on the Avenue. And we talked about before we, you and I have talked about it before. $25,000 is a game changer for Doug Niemeyer. If I could get $25,000 tomorrow, tax-free cash money, it's a game changer. And it's completely anonymous. If Kevin was here, he explains the process. It truly is. I was in charge of the homicide uh, squad for 10 years. Uh, back then, the, the reward was $1,000. It's $25,000 today. You do a lot of things with $25,000 in cash. And you just have to give a tip because you already have the information and you know. That's that's the key. So whether that's for that homicide on Independence Avenue or it's the one on Hardesty, 25th and Hardesty, or any other in Kansas City, that's out there to be had. And we encourage people to use it. We encourage people to call it. I don't know if it's five or six have been paid out now, but if that's what it takes to stop the killing, then that's what we need to do. And what's going to happen is we need, once those start getting paid out and more and more people use that, it almost deters people from going, if I do this, someone will turn me in for $25,000 because that is good money. For some, it's life-changing money. For some, it's stability. If you know the information and you have it, that's $25,000 in your pocket. So with that being said, I think we are we are building a very solid case on what's going on in the avenue. Uh, I talk to the detectives regularly about that. Um, it's unfortunate that, that incident occurred, but it did. And hopefully soon we'll have somebody in custody. And um, I think we discussed this previously, but in all of your 10 years over the homicide unit, anyone who came forward with a tip that may have led to arrest or charges, you never knew the identity of that tipster, correct? I got a sheet of paper that had the tip. There's a piece of paper came to my desk from the tips hotline. It said tipster called and stated or tipster, da, da, there was the information. Yeah. That's think, what we got. And I think that's very important for people to hear. So we did that podcast extensively with Kevin Bain, but hearing it from someone who was over the homicide unit, I think is important for, for listeners to hear as well, that there's no identification. It's not even a he or she said, it just says tipster stated or caller stated. So... Correct. Okay. And you know, that's very important because there is a, people need to understand and trust that. And I think we could finish with me saying this, trust is a word that it's very hard for people to gain trust. It's very easy to lose it. I'm talking to my, my whole station every day about how do we garner trust from communities? How do we make sure that people know we're human beings? How do they trust us? On the flip side of that, the community needs to engage as well. And I hope that this, anybody who listens to this, and and if you see my car in the morning or you see an officer, wave, wave back. And it doesn't have to be a police officer. How about we just wave at our neighbor? How about if we just wave it and say hi? How about we just say good morning? You know, I can still learn things. I'm, I'm getting at the end of my career, but I watched my daughter's so Instagram. And you know, she said this last night on her Instagram. If you see somebody and they have a nice outfit, tell them how pretty they are. If somebody helped you, say thank you for being there for me. Or it can be a complete stranger and you notice whatever you notice. How about give a compliment to someone? You might be surprised how might that person might need that that day or how you might change somebody's perception, image, opinion of you as well. So how about it's very simple. Just be nice. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and I appreciate the updates that you're giving us and everything that you do in our community. So thank you. Absolutely. I'll be happy to come back whenever you will, uh, will have me. 
And that was East Patrol Major Doug Niemeyer. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Northeast Newscast. I'm Elizabeth Orozco.